Life on social. Social media can be so beneficial for our businesses, but it can also feel overwhelming and leave us feeling burned out. In this episode, we're sharing five quick tips for Instagram stories that will help you use stories more effectively for your business, relieve the pressure, and put the fun back in Instagram. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. In this episode, we're going to talk about Instagram stories, and we're going to give you five quick tips for Instagram stories that we think will help you be more effective on social media for your business, and at the same time, help you to enjoy social media and enjoy Instagram stories and avoid burnout. I think one of the things we found in our own personal experience as business owners is that whenever we do something, we have to be able to do something that's sustainable, something that we can do for the long term and for the long haul. And one of the things that we find as we talk to photographers, creative business owners, business owners of all kinds who use Instagram stories or want to use Instagram stories for their business is there is a lot of stress and frustration that comes from kind of the self-imposed expectations that we put on ourselves about what our Instagram stories need to look like. And so one of the things we really want to talk about in this episode are some ways that we do Instagram stories, maybe some things that um, would be, that once you see, once you hear us talking about them, it'll make sense when you watch our Instagram stories, but just how we work through that process so that you can also be somebody who uses Instagram stories really effectively for your business. Um, and also you avoid burnout and you enjoy it and have fun with it at the same time. So our first tip is probably one of our dirtiest little secrets about Insta stories. And it's probably our favorite tip, uh, which is we never actually post in real time. And say what? <laughs> I know. It's a dirty sneaky, little Sneaky, sneaky, Amy. Isn't Instagram supposed to be instant? And yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to jump in for one second because <laughs> we have this thing with our son Beckett, who's about two years old, where whenever he does something that's like kind of sneaky, like he'll go into like the and get food and he knows he's not supposed to do that or whatever. We always call him like a sneaky weasel. And that came from when we were in high school. We're totally going off the rails already. But when we were in high school um, and we were at Amy's house one time watching a movie upstairs with her dad, and I told her that I was going to go like, downstairs, go downstairs and, and take the water. I was going to go refill the waters. And when she came down, I had like scooped myself some ice cream from her parents' freezer. And she was like, what is taking Jordan so long? He's been there for a while. And she came to the top of the stairs caught me red-handed <laughs> or cold-handed and said, sneaky weasel. Sneaky weasel. So we tell Beckett, you sneaky little weasel. And then and he, he says it in his little toddler voice now. And he'll like walk up, like grab a sip of my water from my water tumbler and say, sneaky weasel. Sneaky weasel. So anyways, yes, we never post in real time, Amy, you sneaky little I weasel. I know. I guess I am. I guess it runs in the family. We're a family of sneaky weasels. But the main reason, I mean, there's quite a few reasons why I don't post in real time on stories. But the number one reason is for the thing that Jordan already talked about, which is to avoid burnout and stress and dreading a part of our business. Because we know that being on social media is good for our business. It allows people to connect with us and it builds trust. And it's a really important part of keeping momentum in our business. But at the same time, 
we don't want this part of our business to control our life or make us feel stressed out or worst of all, to make the people in our life who we care about the most feel the least important. And that has been the key for for both of us, especially now that we're parents, knowing that we love taking photos and videos of our son and all the funny things he does and says. And so knowing, okay, I can take this now or if we're, Jordan and I are out on a date or we're going on a vacation as a family or whatever it is that we're doing, we know that we can capture the memories now and share them later so that we're not spending that precious time when we actually are on vacation or we are out on a date. I don't want to be spending my date with Jordan. Uh, yeah, and I mean, story. yeah, and social media and Instagram stories to a certain extent transcends time and space, right? Mm -hmm. In the sense that if you go on a vacation in June and you're with your family in Hawaii and you're just taking photos and videos for an entire week and you don't post about that on Instagram stories until the following week, nobody knows (laughs) that you're not in Hawaii that week. Or maybe your close family and friends know, but it doesn't really matter to the people who are following along with you because the most important thing is that you're present when you're with your family in Hawaii or at the beach or whatever you're doing. And then you give yourself that freedom and that leeway to post later on. Now, this wasn't always the case because Instagram and Insta stories used to have a feature where you had to post a a photo or a video you took. You had to post it within the first 24 hours. So there was this constant like stress and pressure of like, oh my gosh, I just took this. Now I have to post it right away or it'll be gone. And so we would find ourselves in situations and maybe you were this way where you would be at a birthday party or doing something fun with friends or you're out or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I have to post this thing right now tonight because it's going to expire. And there was so much stress behind that. And it just made made me used to hate Insta stories because it was something that was consuming life in a way that I didn't want it to consume. And so I think it took me a minute to step back and be like, wait a minute, Amy, why are you putting all this pressure on yourself? Like you can still share really significant or insignificant parts of your life in a way that doesn't control your life or consume it. And that's what makes it sustainable and something that we can continue to do without feeling that burnout. So we really encourage business owners to choose a specific time and a specific place where you're going to prep your Insta stories. Uh, plan that time during your work hours. And the reason Amy says, sorry to jump in, but the specific time, specific place is actually a scientific principle about habits and habit formation, which is that for people who say, I'm going to do X, like I'm going to work out or I'm going to read my Bible or I'm going to do whatever. And I say, I'm going to read it in this chair at this time, at this place, every single day, you're way more likely to do it than just saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And so having a specific time and place where you do Insta stories is super important. And Abe can talk a little bit about how she does that. Mm -hmm. So I really try as much as possible to plan it in my work day and carve out time to do that. Again, so that it's not spilling over into family time and taking time away from the relationships I value the most. So every once in a while, I'll plan, okay, I'm going to carve out this amount of time to do Insta story. And then something else comes up throughout the day that ends up taking longer than I expect. And let's say Beckett wakes up early from his nap, and now I don't have time to prep the Insta story the way I wanted to. Well, I've had to learn it's okay to give myself some grace. Like Even if I was planning on posting a a client session that night on Insta story. I think the old perfectionist part of me um, would have just 
stayed up as long as I needed to or ignored my own child or whatever I need or ignored my husband to be able to get the post up in a in the time frame that I had planned on my calendar because I was so uh, stuck on my to-do list and making sure that I checked all the boxes. And so now I've realized, you know what? Like Insta story is not an emergency. Like the world isn't going to crumble if I don't post this until tomorrow. Like one day is not going to make or break our client experience. One day is not going to make or break the way people connect with this and just give myself a little grace and have a little bit more perspective. And speaking of perspective, I really feel like not posting in real time helps give me perspective on what's actually a good good type of story to share and post. Yeah. And really and- what's a good way to respect the people who follow along with us? Because mm-hmm. I think that when we, when you, ha- instead of posting in real time, when you have a little bit of perspective, 24 hours or 48 hours of perspective from the time that you videoed something or took a photo of something, and you have some time to think about what you really want to post and what you want to communicate and what you want to share, it gives you this opportunity to step back and go, okay, is this the best way that I can serve the people who are following along, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Jordan and I have kind of coined this term, Instaria, um, where I feel like- Like diarrhea, but on Instagram, where it just feels like it runs and runs and runs. You know what I mean? And- I don't think anyone really enjoys following along people who it's like have a you're case. You're still at Disneyland. Okay. <laughs> day case, four. <laughs> a case of, well, you know, you could do four days of Disneyland really well, or you could do four days of Disneyland and have a case of Instagram when yeah. you do it, right? Yeah. It's all about um, just having like time and perspective. And like you said, respect for the people who are following along. So those are some of the reasons why we don't post in real time. And ever since, I made that change. I've enjoyed Insta stories so much more. Well, because it's not an emergency, mm-hmm. right? I think in the past it felt like getting posting on Instagram stories was this emergency. And I think what you found is that if you build time into your workday and it doesn't happen, then maybe there's time that you can build in after I, you know, I take back it to the gym and you have some alone time, mm-hmm. you're taking a bath, then you can do it then. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, it's not an emergency. We'll do it tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I think that has just been so key as treating it as a business owner, mm-hmm. treating it like a part of your business instead of as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so much of the time what I observe happens on social media is it feels like it's a knee jerk thing or it's an afterthought thing instead of this is a really important part of my business and my personal life. Mm -hmm. And I want to really give it some thought. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos, but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online? What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week. To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week. We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. And our second tip, something that we think is really important is just simply asking yourself two really important questions. One, when I'm on Instagram, what do I like to watch? 
And what do I skip? So we'd really just challenge you to think about the people that you follow, whether it's people in your personal life or people you don't even know, maybe you admire professionally, um, the whole gamut from people in every area of your life, anyone you follow, take the next week and just start paying attention to your own behavior. Because a lot of us make decisions on Instagram that don't feel like decisions at all. They're almost just like gut instinct where you either tap to see the next thing or you swipe across to skip and just start paying attention to, oh, did I just skip that? Why did I skip that? And ask yourself, why did I skip that story? Or like, why did I watch that story all the way to the end? Um, We love one of our favorite business gurus, Gary Vee. He said that one of his favorite places to go is the airport because he will get the best data on how people use the internet and social media just by watching people's behavior um, at the airport, which now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds a little creepy, but it's also kind of genius. But like, let's be real. People watching at the airport is so (laughs) fun. Like there's no better place to people watch than the airport. I'm with Gary on this one. So Gary will just kind of be casually looking at the way someone else is interacting on their phone, on social media. What are they scrolling right past? What's stopping their scroll? What are they tapping? What are they swiping? What are they skipping? And if we can start asking ourselves what is making us swipe and skip, then we can start to apply that to, oh, whatever I like on social media is probably what I should be putting out because that's going to help attract people to my business that's going to be a good fit. So um, we always talk about, Jordan, I always talk about like concerts on social media because I think we've seen stories that are really fun when someone you know goes to a concert and also stories where you're like, okay. Yeah, well, it's like in one example, you know, it's like they, it's like somebody takes like, they get like super dressed up for a concert. Let's use like Garth Brooks as an, I don't know, Garth Brooks is the example Garth I'm coming Brooks. to right now. I feel like, I feel like okay. when Garth Brooks is in town, it feels like the entire city goes to see Garth Brooks and it's like people you would never, it's like your grandma goes and also like, like like high school students are there. I mean, it's kind of, he's got like that universal appeal, right? So let's go with Garth. So like you're going to a Garth Brooks concert, right? And you see somebody post a story where they post a story with their friend and they're like all dressed up in like cowboy swag. <laughs> and they're like getting ready for like the concert of the year. And then like the next click of the story, they're like in the con, they're in the concert arena and they're taking a picture next to like a cardboard cutout of of Garth Brooks, right? And then the next the the third one is like a quick pan of Garth Brooks singing like Friends in Low Places <laughs> and the whole crowd is swaying and you're like, "Yes, like you're following along with the story and it's engaging and it's interesting and you're finding yourself feeling really happy for your friend that they're at the Garth Brooks and concert." And you feel like you're there. Yeah. It's like a fun way to be a part of it as opposed to the other friend that goes and to the Garth we Brooks. We all have concert. a we all have a friend like this in our life, okay? And if you're like, "Hmm, I don't have a friend like this in our life. You're probably that friend, right? (laughs) But we have the friend who goes to the Garth Brooks concert and you literally open Instagram stories and it's like 75 little dots by their picture and it is the entire concert. And it's kind of like a blurry, far away. Like, you can see them zooming, like the pin, the, the pinch to zoom in and out. <laughs> They're doing that like over and over again. And it's every song and you're like, yeah, 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 I get it. And then you end up skipping it, right? So we're not hating on concerts in any way, but it's just a great example of thinking through your own behavior on Instagram. Nobody really likes watching 75 clips of a concert from far away where there's not much going on except the one thing that they're doing, where in the first example, we feel like we're kind of part of the journey, but it's like just enough that we feel like we're there and then we move on. So if you notice that you are skipping through stories, 
pause, ask yourself why, and then make a mental note like, ooh, I don't want to do that next time. Um, Whether you um, are, let's say you're watching a story and you're like, oh man, I've noticed I'm always skipping when people talk straight to the camera. When people talk straight to the camera and there's a bunch of dots, I'll watch one or two and then I skip right through. Then maybe you don't want to be talking to the camera all the time. Or maybe you notice oh my gosh, I love when every photo or video feels like a little different. And that always makes me keep clicking. Oh, that's what I want to do on my Insta story. So just starting to be a little bit more aware of the way you consume social media is going to help you be better as a business owner and personally just to make Instagram more engaging. And this is all really important because of the dreaded algorithm, right? (laughs) Algorithm is like a dirty word when you're a business owner because the algorithm seems to be the thing that everybody's fighting because we're all trying to get our name, our business in front of as many eyeballs as possible. And the algorithm can really make or break how many people are seeing your posts and your stories. And what we know is that if people are constantly skipping your story, that's telling the algorithm, oh, this isn't engaging content. And it moves you to the back of the line. It puts you at the end of Insta stories. So less people are going to see your content and, when it really counts. And the, kind of the crazy and a little bit scary thing about that, I, it's not scary, like scary, but I mean, like <laughs> in terms of Instagram stories, scary is that we know like from, from science, right? Because science, that the way the brain works with habit formations is that we do about 50% of our daily behaviors subconsciously. Like we're not even aware that we're doing it. And so once a user gets accustomed to swiping your story, right? Not swiping it, like stealing it, but (laughs) swiping through and skipping your story. Once they do it like once or twice, once the brain isn't getting that hit, right? of, Of dopamine, that kind of hit of with like the chemicals that make you want more, once your brain isn't getting that from something, it will it will lead you away from that and lead you to things that do give you that hit, right? And so we just want to make sure that as we're posting on Instagram stories that we're being very, really thoughtful. Um, and again, we talk about respecting your, your audience and serving your audience well, but just being really thoughtful and being self-aware enough to look at something and go, if the shoe is on the other foot and somebody else posted what I'm about to post, is that something that would make me smile? Is that something that I would feel like I can engage with? Is that something that I would find interesting? Or is this just Instaria and I haven't really given a lot of thought to it because what we don't want to do, and it's not, it doesn't mean to be afraid to post on Instagram stories, not at all. It just needs to be thoughtful about it because we don't want is for the the audience that you have, that you're trying to serve and that you're trying to reach and that you're trying to grow gets in this like automatic subconscious mode of swiping to skip when they see your your face pop up because if they do that after they do it one or two or three times it trains the algorithm to say okay put this person at the back of the line don't show them this person first because they're just going to skip them anyways and so we just want to make sure that you're not somebody who's getting skipped we want to make sure that you're somebody who's getting seen on instagram stories And that kind of leads us to our third point, which is don't feel pressure to post every day. We really believe that quality over quantity matters. And, you know, there might be people that have different opinions on this than us. But as far as, you know, we're talking about like our philosophies and theories as far as Insta stories go and thinking about answering that question, what do we like to see on Insta stories? If someone is coming and doing the same thing on Insta story every day for the sake 
sake of uh, showing up every day or for the sake of just doing it because it's on their like daily checklist, a lot of times it tends to show in the stories and the stories start to feel kind of old and boring. And then I'm more likely to skip through where I really believe that even if you don't post every day, people will get more excited to engage with your story and watch it. If every time you do a story, it's a little different. There's different quality. The, the, the quality is more important than the quantity. Um, and sometimes the quantity can end up hurting you as far as the algorithm goes. Because like Jordan said, if if the brain is starting to assume, oh yeah, I've seen this before, skip, 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 the algorithm is going to remember that. And so it's It's way better to post a few great stories a week, in our opinion, than to post every day and have it be kind of lackluster and make people want to skip it. We're definitely quality people over quantity. (laughs) Thank you for that extra addition there. (laughs) I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Jordan's like my hype man right now. (laughs) He's just like... Like, yeah, boom, quality. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm. Um, And now our fourth tip is... When it comes to Insta stories, it's an Instagram, social media in general. One of the things we all have to remember because it's easy to get hung up on this is that it is not about the numbers. This is something that has been really important to us for a long time is remembering that first of all, every number represents a real human being on the other side of the phone. So whether you have 10 followers or 100 followers or 1000 followers, we don't want to get caught up on the numbers But at the same time, we do want to use the data to inform our decisions. And when we joined Instagram, we were kind of late to the Instagram party, mostly because we were late to the smartphone party. (laughs) Our first smartphones ever were the iPhone 5. Well, I mean, it was, we were living on, we were, we living were on one teacher salary. Living on one teacher salary, yeah. and we, we were, were like, we can't pay for data every month right. on Earth. So we really, we were like the last people we knew to get a phone, a smartphone. Um, and so it wasn't until we had access to a smartphone that we could join Instagram. So we were a little late to the Instagram party. Um, but when we first joined Instagram. We had very few followers. If you you can actually scroll back to the very beginning, I'm at Amy underscore Demos on Instagram, and that's our main account. And at, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, which would probably take a long time, so only do this if you're like sitting in the bathroom for a long time or something. I don't know. Um, but when you get all the way down to the bottom, everybody scrolls Instagram in the bathroom, and nobody wants to admit it. <laughs> It's true, but we do it. So there you go. So scrolling all the way down to the bottom, you'll see that our first few uh, posts on Instagram, we'd get like three likes on a post, six likes on a post, seven likes on a post that we didn't start with the following that we have today. But what's important is as we are growing a following, specifically knowing our goal is to grow our business, that what's so important is not looking at the numbers and feeling discouraged, but instead feeling encouraged. At the beginning of our business, we were like, those seven people, those seven people care about us and that matters. And it might be seven today. Maybe it'll be 17 next month. And so we want to treat their eyeballs and their attention and their engagement with respect and try to do the best we can to show up for them in a way that connects with them, that builds trust with them, makes them smile, that really does uh, make them look forward to the next time that we post. So one of the things that we're asking ourselves when we're posting Insta stories is, is there a way 
that I can make this easier to engage with. So whether it's a photo or a video, we want to try to allow whoever's following us, whether it's 10 people or 100 or 1,000, is there a way we can get them to feel welcome to engage with the content? So just a super quick example that came to my head right now. Um, earlier, I posted a, a couple of videos of our almost two-year-old Beckett, and Beckett loves to clean. It is one of, his, one of his favorite activities right now, which I love. Train him young. Yeah, and he got it straight from his dad. Beckett's future wife, you are welcome. <laughs> Jordan, as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, is a clean freak, like a Danny Tanner. It's the way I de-stress. Status. Yeah, he is that just he loves to clean and it's one of the ways that he serves our family really well. And Beckett has already taken notice of that and not only taken notice, but has adopted the love. Um, he asks to vacuum. He will go into the pantry by himself and pull out the broom that's like 10 times taller than he is and try to sweep the floors. So the other day I posted a few stories of him cleaning. And I had to stop and ask myself, you know, I, I liked sharing this because this is just like a part of our life right now. And then I was like, oh, it would actually be fun to find out like how many people um, are also the same way. Like how many people are the Jordans of the world that are clean freaks and how many people are more of like the Amy's of the world that don't really feel the same passion for cleaning. And so I just... I'm like not convinced that you don't have a passion for cleaning. I'm convinced maybe... Maybe you're smarter than me because I've been picking up on this in the marriage now is that you don't really cook. You don't really clean. There are like a lot of things what around the house. What am I good house. for, really? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things around the house that you don't do. And you will tell me it's because – like you'll give – you'll they'll do it once and you'll do it so poorly that like, – Only poorly up like, to Jordan's You will burn a quesadilla standards. black and then be like, I don't think that I should cook anymore because it might be dangerous. Maybe you should do the cooking. Or like you'll use the wrong cleaning product on like the wrong surface and be like, oh, look, I ruined this piece of furniture. Maybe you should just clean. Like I'm convinced that maybe you sneaky are really – Yeah, sneaky, Amy. Like I think you probably are – could be excellent at cooking, cleaning, etc. I think that you just might be smarter than me. I just think you have – a an extremely high standard for what is good cleaning <laughs> versus not good cleaning. Anyway, anyway, back to this idea of engagement. So instead of just sharing the videos, I also thought to myself like, oh, what's another way that I can make this post more engaging for people? And I just took a quick poll, like how many people are fellow clean freaks like Beckett and how many people would prefer that we just send Beckett to their house next to clean their floors? And it was so fun to see how many people were interacting with that. And so anytime you're posting the same that you can basically post the same content in a lot of different ways. So if there are two choices and one is more engaging than the other, making it easier for them to interact because we're really trying to put the social in social media, right? It's not supposed to be a monologue. It's supposed to be a dialogue. So we want to invite people to be part of the story and interact, send DMs, uh, vote on polls, slide the sliders. And the, the benefit to that as business owners is that's telling the algorithm, ooh, these users care about this account. We're going to bump the account up and show it to more people, right? So the more times that people engage, they send you DMs, they answer your polls, the more likely it is that the algorithm is going to push your story closer to the front and they're more likely to watch it. So there's actually a lot of benefit in that aside from just making your content more engaging and fun to follow along, it, there's actually a business benefit to that as well 
because then when it's time for you to share the new project that you're working on or the slots you have open for whatever new event you have going on, that's going to allow more people to see that because the algorithm is going to push it closer to the front. Yeah. And that's something we hear about a lot from whether it's photographers or creatives as they're wondering like, Amy and Jordan, should I have a separate business Instagram account where I do separate Instagram posts, separate Instagram stories, or should I have one account where I do both? And Amy and I are firm believers that people like to do business with people they know and people they feel like they can trust. And so that's why our Instagram is a mix of the personal and the professional. Because like Amy was saying before, if you're following along with someone and they share something that's personal and that's personal and that's personal and you feel like you're getting to know them and you're starting to feel like you can trust them, then when they do share something that they're offering, maybe it's a, maybe it's calligraphy or stationery or maybe you know they, they have an Etsy shop or whatever the, maybe they offer some kind of service like interior design or uh, you know, I would say party or planning, what we but, do, or what we do, photography, right? <laughs> that they have a service or a product to offer. You're much more likely to trust that person because you really do know that person. It's not like, you know, that person, mm-hmm. you really know that person because you've been having a conversation with them for weeks or for months or for years on social media. And that's why when Amy was saying, it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. When we think about the way that we are as, as human beings, we don't like to be friends with people who just talk all the time, right? We don't like to be friends with people. You you know that friend, right? Where you sit down for, I know that's ironic because we're talking this entire time and no one's, <laughs> but, it, but there's only one microphone, okay? But, <laughs> but, but it, you're sitting down with somebody over coffee or over lunch or whatever the situation is and they talk about themselves the entire time. And what I've noticed in conversations is that a lot of times my, the way my brain works, when someone is sharing about their life or their experiences and I'm talking with a friend, my brain automatically starts thinking about what's the, what am I going to say, right? That's kind Mm -hmm. of how our brains work is what am I going to share or how can I relate or connect to that? And so if someone is sharing something during a conversation or on social media about their little kid who likes to clean, but there's no opportunity for you to engage back and relate to that and say, Hey, I connect with that because my little guy also loves to clean. We want to create opportunities for that connection because that's the way that we like to dialogue in real life. That's the way we like to have coffee. And that's the foundation of any great relationship or any great friendship is that give and take and that back and forth. And when it starts to become a one-way street or when it starts to become a soapbox, I think a lot of times we see on, on Instagram stories, especially on Instagram stories, it can very much become, if we're not careful, a soapbox where we look at it as a platform just to, to rant and to be negative. And not that that's always the case, but just that like, we're going to go on there and just kind of spew and spray and insteria a little bit. And we're not thinking about the shoe on the other foot test is like, how is the person who's sitting in the doctor's office watching this feeling right now? Or how is the person who just put their little one down for a nap receiving this while they're folding laundry and really starting to think about who are the people who follow along with us? How can I serve them best? And really be thinking about real people in real places. Because I think when Amy and I do that and we think about the real people that we know, I mean, there are people that we know all over the world who we know because they interact with us, they DM us back and we DM them back. And, and they're people we've never even met in person, right? right? It's like the names start to become familiar and you really can form these really 
like online friendships with people where names do start to become familiar with people you've never met. And it is a really cool way to build connection and trust with people that you would never have the opportunity to meet otherwise. And so when it comes, you know, you've probably been listening thinking like, wow, like concerts and little toddlers cleaning doesn't really seem to have much to do with business. But we really believe that there's so much value in combining both your personal and your business life together. And so as you're following along with our stories, you're going to see a mix of both. You'll see um, behind the scenes of us shooting at a session or maybe us preparing for one of these podcasts, for example. So parts of our professional life, but also parts of our personal life, whether it's date night or um, something funny that Beckett is doing, because we would love for people to know us on a deeper level than just what we do and allows for a lot more connection and a lot more reason for people to follow along. And if the only thing we ever posted was photography, there'd probably be a lot less people interested. And so whatever it is you do, whether you're in, uh, whether you're a calligrapher or you're a realtor or you're an interior designer, that when you can share the other parts of your life, now people have other things to connect with and they're more interested in following along. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love. That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away. To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites. When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money. And it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. And when we're talking about this idea that it's not about the numbers, but we say also look at the data. The reason that we say also look at the data is because data can tell us things. And one of the beautiful things about Instagram stories is that when you're in the your Instagram stories, you can see how many people are viewing each post but other people can't see how many people are viewing each post. And so what we want you to do and something that we do is kind of a, an exercise that we like to do to gauge um, our audience's engagement, right? And, and their response to what we're posting is if we have a story that is five slides long, for example, and there are a certain number of people that watch the, that watch the first post, And then the same number of people watch the second post and almost the same number of people watch the first post, the third post, and almost, almost the same number of people from post one to post five, watch all the way through that tells us that data tells us, okay, this is content that our audience really likes. It's content that they're engaged with. It's content that they're interested in. We are serving them well when we post this type of content versus if we post something that's also five clips long, I'm going to call them clips. I don't know if that's right, (laughs) but five clips long and we post the first one and a certain number of people watch. And then we start to see drop off. And by two, three, four, and five, not just like a few people are dropping off, but a lot of people are dropping off. So that by the time we get to the fifth one, there are way less people than there were on the first one. That's a good indication that maybe it was something our audience, for whatever reason, wasn't interested in. And we think that's a really good time to have a little bit of self-reflection and not to throw a pity party and be like, nobody cares what I posted, but instead go, hmm, I wonder why last week when I posted a story about this, there was a lot of interest and a lot of engagement. I got a lot of DMs about it. 
um, you know, the the st- people were interested all the way to the end. And then when I posted this one, there was a lot of drop off, like a hundred people saw my first post, but then only 50 people saw my second post and only 25 people saw my third post. That's a 75% drop off. Maybe that's the wrong kind of content that my audience is looking for. And so one of the things that Gary Vee says all the time is I wish two things for everybody, health and self-awareness. And self-awareness is a really hard thing because it kind of forces us to look ourselves in the mirror and ask hard questions. And one of the beautiful things about Instagram stories is that the data, like the data doesn't lie, right? And so when we see those numbers come through, instead of feeling bad about ourselves and going, oh man, nobody likes me or nobody likes what I posted. Mm -hmm. Instead, looking at that and going, okay, I think this is an opportunity that I can serve my audience better because what that means is if there's a lot of drop-off, there were a lot of swipes, a lot of slides, right? Of people that were skipping. And what we want to do is increase the rate of people who are staying longer. And so that could mean sometimes posting shorter stories, right? I know for me personally as a user, when I see like lots of little dots above someone's name, my brain kind of goes, oh, that's going to take too long. I don't have that much time right now. Swipe. Now, maybe for somebody, it's like, no, I do have time. I love this person. I want to hear everything they have to say. And that's cool too. But I just know from my own user behavior that somewhere definitely under 10 posts, but somewhere in like the three to seven post range for me personally is good because I look at it and go, okay, I can do the math, right? The most, how many seconds is, is one video at the most, right? Like 15, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Yeah. So I know when I see three or four or five, I'm like, okay, at the very most, this is like one minute of my day versus if I see all those dots. I'm like, I don't know if I have time for this right now. And I skip not because maybe I don't like the person or I'm not interested in what they're sharing, but because it's just too much time. And so on the back end, I think just always be aware of that data and what it's doing. And sometimes I think there's this tendency to like double down on what's what is not working. And so I would just caution everybody listening just to be careful that if you're seeing a drop off, drop off, drop off, drop off, and you go, well, I just need to share more and more and more and more. Maybe there's a course correction that could be made where you could share less, but share higher quality over more quantity. And then that'll serve you better because it takes you less time and it serves your audience better as well. And I think what's important about what Jordan said is he's like, Sometimes I skip it because I'm like, oh, man, I don't have time to watch that. He didn't say sometimes I skip it because I'm like, oh, I don't like that person. And I think we have to remind ourselves of that because we think it's important as business owners as business owners to look at the data, but we also don't want the data to inform our identity or make us feel... Say that again. We don't want the data to inform our identity. Seriously. And we don't want to to think like our day is either made or, or broken based on how many people watched a story or how many people liked a post or how many followers we have, that none of those things are going to determine our worth, value, and identity as human beings. But at the same time, we can use that data to help us make better informed decisions to increase engagement and realize that it's it's not personal. And when we think about our own behavior, like Jordan said, oh, I don't have time to watch that right now. Maybe they're done in the bathroom, right? It's time to flush. <laughs> like you never want to be thinking, oh, why did that person skip my story? Right, or, right. Why didn't they watch it all the way through? Like maybe their toddler was yanking on them right. or maybe it was time to flush. Or view, maybe- that, view that in the best possible light that you can because <laughs> otherwise it'll play mind games with exactly. you. And I, I think also kind of like what Amy was saying is that 
our personal worth and identity is not in how many people are watching our stories or how many people drop off. But I do think it's that question of like, was there a better way that I could have served my audience? You know, if you're at Disneyland with your family and there's a super long line for a ride you want to get on and you post like a three or four clip story where you're complaining about like, get it together, Disneyland, right? And it's a kind of a whiny rant and people are sliding. Maybe it's it's not because they don't care about you or your kids or your family at Disneyland. Maybe it's because they they would rather see a really cute photo of your family in front of the Magic Kingdom Tower or a video of all of you guys going down Splash Mountain in the happiest place on earth <laughs> instead of complaining about the length of the line or something like that. So I think sometimes when we talk about like being real and sharing yourself and being authentic, I think there are ways that we can do that that serve the people who are watching you really well. And create a space where we think about like what types of stories do we really like to watch? And they're typically ones that are like positive or encouraging or funny or positive, make- encouraging. K-Love. <laughs> One of our favorite radio stations. Um, But truly, we tend to gravitate toward accounts that make us smile or make us laugh because why do we get on social media in the first place? For an escape. It's typically for an escape. And we want to see what other people are doing and connect and not necessarily... I'm like, I get it. There's traffic. Swipe. (laughs) Um, And not necessarily do we want to hear about like you know a 10-clip rant about traffic or about a bad experience with another business or something like that. So we just want to be wise about the types of things that we're sharing and be true to ourselves but not necessarily showing everything and every emotion. And that's the benefit of posting not in real time is that emotion will probably pass. That negative, um, that inclination to rant is probably going to be gone by the time if you're not posting in real time. So that's just one more reason going back to point one for a minute why uh, we don't post in real time because it removes that temptation when you are. We all have those moments where we want to rant and about something. But if we can remove that temptation. It's That's gonna, why I'm not on Twitter. I gonna, can't be trusted. <laughs> I think it's going to serve everybody's <laughs> audience better. So just to recap our five quick tips for Instagram story. One, never post in real time. Two, ask yourself, what do I like to watch? What do I skip? And then create content based on your answers. Three, do not feel pressure to post every day. We really believe that quality counts so much more than quantity. So just be true to who you are and don't feel pressure to post every day. Four, remember that it's not about the numbers, but you can also use the data to inform future decisions. And five, combine both your personal and your professional life, which is going to help build trust and help connect your audience to you in a whole new way. Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. Seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.